athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. As always, thank you for joining me on another edition of the program. I am your host, Donald Ware. Who at this point wants James Harden on their team? And I'm going to tell you this. When Brooklyn and Philadelphia made the trade, or, or in essence, Harden forced his way out of yet another city, this time Brooklyn. Before that, it was Houston, right? He will. I'm going to reiterate what I said then. James Harden will never win an NBA championship. James Harden will never win an NBA championship. Philadelphia goes down in flames to the Heat. I mean, I don't think there's any shame in losing to the Heat. It's a very good basketball team with a lot of really good players. I mean, I look at a Victor Oladipo who is coming off, had come off injury. And, and really, if you go back two or three, I mean, maybe three years ago was, I mean, that guy was really, really balling. Like he was putting Indiana in essence on his back and as Indiana was excelling at that time under Nate McMillan. And so it's no shame in losing to the Heat. Very good team. Very well coached. Joel Embiid, obviously not 100%. You know, Maxie's a solid player to me, but if he's like your number two guy, I mean, he, he he's, you know, he's going to have some games. He, I mean, he'll have a game where he'll give you in excess of 30 points, mostly a 20-point score. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I can't really say that he's an impact player, at least on a consistent basis. James Harden, you're talking about one of the top 75 players to ever play one of the supposedly the best players in the league took nine shots on Thursday night in the loss to Miami. Nine shots was four of seven in the first half. O of two in the second half took two second half shots. And this is the guy that you ultimately traded for. Harden has a player option for next season you got to figure that he's going to opt into that it's you know it's 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 a very lucrative deal it's um i don't remember exactly it was i think it's in excess of 40 million dollars so you know he's going to opt into that but i mean you know philly can't be happy about that you heard the if you watched that game you heard the boos a lot of those boos i don't think they were for the 76ers they were for harden okay and with Harden, he, he thought that the grass was going to be greener on the other side by leaving Brooklyn to go to the 76ers. Brooklyn would have been a better team with James Harden, and he would have may have gotten out of the first round, maybe, right? I don't know. I mean, anything is better for James Harden than what he showed with the 76ers, an absolute I mean, it was just disgraceful, quite frankly, and and not fair to the 76ers organization, to those fans in Philadelphia. But if you're the 76ers organization, you're Daryl Morey, you made your bed, you've got to lie in it. Now we're going to ultimately see what happens with Doc Rivers. But I'm going to put all of that, all of that on Harden. All of that 
What happened to the 76ers, I'm putting it all on James Harden. So we've got a lot to get to on today's program. We're going to talk some NBA. We're, you know, one, one thing we haven't really talked about at all this year is the NHL. And you look at the NHL playoffs, we've got, you know, I think when you look at these playoffs, I look at the teams that are playing and I look at the Tampa Bay Light or the Tampa Bay Lightning for our listeners on WURK in Tampa. Uh, you know, you've got the the Hurricanes, the Carolina Hurricanes, multiple stations in North Carolina that uh, that uh, that carry this program. You've got the Capitals, right? Uh, for our listeners, WHUR in Washington. So, and then of course you got the Penguins for our listeners, WGBN in Pittsburgh. So a lot going on with the NHL uh, right now. We may get to more of that, but a lot of our listeners have, or a lot of our. A lot of the uh, radio stations that carry the program have teams that are playing in the NHL playoffs. We may get to more of that on the program. Speaking of going back to the NBA, Mike Wallace, the senior editor of Grind City Media, is going to join us on the program today. I want to get his thoughts on James Harden and the 76ers moving forward. I want to get his thoughts on what we're seeing from the playoffs. I want to get his thoughts on the Milwaukee Bucks the Bucks able to put themselves in the position they're in because of the play in their game, specifically on Wednesday night. Bucks in the position they're in right now because of that win on on a Wednesday. The Bucks were down like 12 points in that game. I turned away briefly. I mean, it was sort of later in the game. I turned back. It's like a six-point game, right? You see, I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo, was absolutely splendid in that game. He had 40 points in the game. But to me, the key player in the, the key player in that game throughout the course of that game was none other than Drew Holiday. And I talked about Drew Holiday last year. I talked about how he and PJ Tucker were really the catalysts and the pieces that the Bucks needed to get over the hump and ultimately allowed for the Bucks. To do that, and I thought Drew Holiday would step up. He did step up in the regular season. Maybe not, so, and he's done okay in the playoffs. But basically, right as Drew Holiday goes, so do the Milwaukee Bucks, and the numbers at least would bear would really bear that out. You look at the game he had, Game Five, right on Wednesday. Very good offensively, had that big, we talk about Antetokounmpo's three-pointer late, which was really, really huge. But if you look at Holiday's three-pointer, his three-pointer tied the game, right? Then he has that great play where he comes, he was the help defender when Marcus Smart made that drive to the hole. Holiday was the help defender, comes and blocks the ball, right? And then throws it off of Smart, out of bounds, it belongs to Milwaukee. Milwaukee still has an opportunity to come down and tie the game, and Holiday just picks the pocket of Smart. And I wrote on Twitter, I said, Drew Holiday equals elite defender because he is an elite. He's he's one of the best two-way players in the league, and if you look at the numbers and look at what Drew Holiday has been able to do throughout the course of this uh, particular series, then you'll see that as he's played well, the Bucks have played well also. And if I'm honest, I didn't see the Phoenix and Dallas series coming down to seven games. I got to give all the credit in the world to the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic, who has been absolutely spectacular now on Thursday I mean he's had help throughout this series but when you when you are Dallas right and you're going up against the best team from the beginning of the season to the end of the season has been the Phoenix Suns with the best record with a Devin Booker Chris Paul 
Aiden, I mean, a plethora of surrounding uh, players that played their respective roles, right? And, 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 and again, when you're talking about the NBA and you're speaking of winning championships, rarely, rarely have we seen a situation. And, I, and I'm not, and listen, there's a lot, there's still more games to be played. And again, Dallas has to go to Phoenix uh, to win a game seven. But even sometimes in the playoffs, you need two superstar players to generally get teams over the hump. We saw that with Philadelphia. Didn't have two-star players, really, with an injured Embiid. Didn't really have one superstar player, let alone two, because James Harden absolutely disappeared. But when I look at Doncic and what he's able to do and then able to really energize this team, he's able to facilitate, he can get his shot, I mean, he was absolutely dominant on Thursday. Chris Paul's a good defender, while Chris Paul is much shorter than Doncic is. He just absolutely abused Chris Paul. And I think part of that uh, in that game particularly was Chris Paul's age catching up with him a bit in that game. Now, sometimes you're not going to have it, and you know it, and you got to get yourself ready, and hopefully some other guys will kind of step up. Devin Booker unable to as well, just 13 points. Uh, for Devin Booker in the game as well. Uh, excuse me, 19 points. 19 points for Booker. It was 13 for Chris Paul, only four assists. But I look at Doncic and what he's able to do. Reggie Bullock, uh, Kinston, North Carolina's own, had a fantastic game as well. And you're looking at Dallas. I like Phoenix cl- to close it out, but Dallas is coming. We've got more of the program on the other side. Up next, talking with actor Alex Peyton Smith. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries, so there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars, and it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 802-317-1987. 802-317-1987. 802-317-1987. That's 802-317-1987. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Let's continue here on the program. We're joined by a gentleman, as a matter of fact, one of the stars of the TV show, All American Homecoming, airs on CW each Monday, 9 p.m. 8 Central. He plays the role of Damon Sims, but you've also seen him in TV series such as Legacies and The Quad. You've also seen him in the movie Detroit. He's Peyton Alex Smith. 
He's a FAMU alum. He joins us here on the program. Peyton, welcome to Box to Row and Radio Boss. Man, what's up? I appreciate y'all having me. Absolutely. Damon Sims, man, like, and we watched the show. I watched the show from Monday. Like, Damon Sims had a lot. Damon Sims probably had more going on on Monday than in any other episode. Like, so much was going on. Who would tell us, who is Damon Sims? Man, Damon Sims is a, is a kid from Chicago. This is my second time playing a kid from Chicago. Um, he uh, was the number one baseball player in the country, was supposed to go to the league, but decided to go to an HBCU uh, instead. So he's just a young adult at uh, HBCU just trying to find himself out. No, no question about it. And, and this episode, I mean, and I mean, so much has transpired with him. And as a matter of fact, Monday's episode, you had him, your character, finding out that who his real birth mother was, um, yeah. the dichotomy between now you got two, two, two women going on here with, you know, Camille Hyde's character and then also Simone, who's played, of course, by Jeffrey Maya. You've got a bit of a. A situation there. You you're you're just going steady now with Camille Hyde's character, but but Damon still has feelings for Simone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you you know, Simone got a man. What y'all want me to do about it? <laughs> True. She got to choose up. True, but you but Damon still still has feelings for her, obviously. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But as a friend. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, but you okay. know, like you know, uh, like the rest of the college students, especially uh, athletes, you know, um, options are are always open. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you know, yeah, that's the thing about the show. Like, it's so. I mean, of course, you went to fam, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I mean, a lot of what we see are things that <laughs> happen on in, on college, on college campuses, and uh, you know, specifically in this case at HBCUs. No, nah, definitely. So, like, when I was uh, shooting the quad, uh, Jeffrey, uh, I believe, was at uh, was at Clark. Yep. So she was on campus while we were doing that. So we both had the HBC vibes. So you know, with uh, with both of us leading the show, like, uh, we definitely had that feel. And definitely on set, it's uh, it seems like a party, just like it would be at an HBCU. So it's it's kind of dope and like surreal to be back in that environment. No question about it. And there's a lot of, I mean, D Damon, your character again, Damon Sims, he's, he's got a lot of, it's a lot of pressure on him. Like he's, you know, he's got the, he's got, you know, the situation with the birth mother. He's got the situation mm -hmm. with, to your point, you mentioned him coming um, to Brinkston and being um, this top pitcher could have, could have played in the major leagues. Right. So he's trying, right. he's got to carry, he feels like he's got to carry the team. You know, and then he, he's just a college student. He's got a lot of pressure. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like a like a lot of uh, college students, uh, he's out in the world on his own for the first time, and he doesn't even know who he is. And then he, on top of that, he has all of this pressure. And then if you look at it, just like what's happening in like the real world right now, you know, with um, a lot of top athletes going to HBCUs now. Um, I feel like he was one of the first of his kind. So like, if it doesn't work out now, the rest of these young black kids gonna look at him like, well, now nah, I didn't work out for him. I'm not going to an HBCU. And I feel like he understands that. And like, he's like, all right, I wanna bring black excellence to this school. I wanna show him that top athletes can come here and still be successful. So like, that's a, that's a lot of pressure for, for a 17, 18 year old kid. No doubt about it. Peyton Alex Smith plays the role of Damon Sims. Sims on All-American Homecoming, which airs on CW each Monday, 9 p.m., 8 Central, as he joins us here on the program. To your point, do you feel, I mean, you, you, you hit it right on the head in terms of top athletes starting to kind of come now, at least kind of look um, at HBCUs. Do you feel like we'll sort of see that still continue uh, to transpire? Uh, definitely, especially with... Uh... I think LeBron just did. Uh, he's got something going on with FAMU. You got uh, Deion Sanders and what he's what he's doing. Um, I definitely think, especially with uh, these kids being able to finally make money now, which uh, we kind of touch on uh, on the show, that that they'll definitely because they don't want to be around their people. You know what I mean? For for years, uh, like a lot of the PWIs that uh, these top athletes are going to, those were the last schools to let us in. 
So we had to go to HBCU. So I think it's dope that we're going back. And I think with these top athletes uh, choosing to put their careers on the line or choosing to back HBCUs, like we'll definitely see see more, especially if they if they start winning, if, like Dion's doing. As an HBCU alum, and and again understanding Brinkston's a, a fictional HBCU in Atlanta, looks right. looks a lot like Morehouse. Got Morehouse colors. Looks a lot <laughs> looks, looks a lot like, like Morehouse. But but are, how much input do you have in the show from that? respect as an HBCU alum when it when it kind of comes to you know some of uh some of the topics specific to HBCUs man uh so we uh our uh, showrunner NK um one of the the dopest uh, uh executive producers I've ever uh, worked for so she's very open she's like sometimes she'll be like I don't know like how do you guys feel about this so she'll always come to like Jeffrey or myself and uh, a lot of the the crew or a lot of the uh, the writers went to HBCU. So she's very open and it's kind of like we all collab. And so for like, uh, that wouldn't happen. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's not like, no, 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 this is my show. She's like, okay, okay. So like, how can we figure this out? So yeah, they definitely give, uh, give us a lot of input. Alex Peyton Smith joins us here on the program. How much did you know about baseball, did you play baseball growing up? How did you, how man, did you know? What? I'm an athlete, man. You don't see me. Like, <laughs> come on, like you Nah, but for real, I not too much. I've picked up baseball <laughs> since like in like 17 years, maybe. Like I, I might have threw a baseball once, and I think um, it was like on an all white team when I was a kid, and they threw the ball at me, and I was like, Nah, I'm gonna go hoop. Uh, so. I definitely had to, once I, once I booked the role, um, I started training and uh, I traveled the, the country for a little bit uh, with my coach Ruben, shout out coach Ruben. Uh, went to like Washington, Arizona, and I sat in the dugouts with these, with these kids, went to some pro games, met some athletes, and uh, we just started training. So now I can, I can actually pitch, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm going to the league or nothing, but it looked good on TV, you feel me? <laughs> How fast do you throw it? I know you got to have a rate. Somebody's got to have a radar gun somewhere, right? <laughs> Coach Ruben going to see this and see me capping. Um, I got a, a, I got a school zone going. You know, so, <laughs> no, I think I got uh, my highest I got up to was like 75, 76. Okay. But for an actor, that ain't bad. No, like, it's just throwing a strike. That's not bad. I'm, you know, I'm not doing my stunt double, I think he he just got picked up by the Phillies. He's he's doing like 102 oh. or something crazy like that. I said, oh, I said that's what that looks like. Wow. Well, how much how much more do you know, feel like you know about baseball now? Man, it's those those dudes are athletes. So like, and every time I went, I went to like these um these uh these scouting games and uh these games where these kids were playing, I wouldn't see like a lot of like black kids. But the ones that I uh, that I did see, they they were balling. But like, I have a lot more respect for them because it's it's not as fast paced as like basketball or football. But those dudes are moving. It's just in spurts. So like, I have a lot more respect for the game, especially for pitchers, because um, baseball is like the one of the only is the only sport where the defense has the ball. And so like, just now knowing more about the sport i enjoy more before i was like man this is boring i'm not trying to sit here for hours now that i understand it like i'm like it's lit yeah alex payton smith again plays the role of damon sims all-american homecoming joins us here on the program what do people come up and say to you now as it relates to hbcus in terms of maybe they didn't know about hbcus but now they have more knowledge of HBCUs because of All-American Homecoming? Man, definitely. Just like the uh, the flagship show, um, All-American, I think it brought like uh, what was going on in uh, in like the inner cities or like with, with gang violence, I feel like it brought it to mainstream. So I think just like HBCUs, um, CWs allowed us a chance to bring that to mainstream. So, you know, everything might not be exactly, you know, what we went through in our experience, but it now it's on mainstream. People are like, oh, that's cool. Like I never even knew that that it that existed. So I think that it's it's dope that we'll be able to put it on uh, this specific uh, platform. 
And I just read where, I mean, like just read where the show, which rightfully it should be, was renewed for a second season. Man, come on. So like I, I woke up, uh, woke up late, you know what I'm saying? I was out last night and uh, <laughs> so I'm looking, I'm trying to get ready for the interview. And I see all these texts and I'm like, wait, what's going on? I said, I'll get back to y'all. And I'm like, oh, we lit, let's go. <laughs> you know, now it's, now it's go time. Now I'm back, now I'm back to training. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So let me transition a little bit. The quad, I, I, I so the quad, which came on BET, uh -huh. maybe going back four or five years ago. Um, I mean, I, I did watch it, but not as intently, but how, how, I don't know how much did, you know, I mean, obviously there's some similarities, you know, with the HBCU dynamic, but you mm -hmm. know, how did that, well, I, I guess you, you already prepared for this because you're a fam guy anyway. Man, for real, like, uh, when people who, who went to fan with me saw it, uh, they saw me portraying uh, the character Tom Cedric Cobbs. They were like, they they paid you to be yourself. And I was like, <laughs> but it was cool because uh, I got to work with uh, Rob Hardy, who's a mentor of mine. Um, uh, Nikanani Rose went to FAMU as well. We had a lot of people who went to FAM. So like, and then the school on the quad was called GAMU. So, you know, we weren't too, too far off, but like it was, it was kind of like this. It was just, it was a party and like, like acting is what I love to do and to do it around like our people and to do it at the level that we're doing it at and seeing that like we can still be ourselves and still bring excellence. Like it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a dope experience. Yeah. You've got it locked to Box to Row. I'm your host, Donald Ware. We're talking with actor Peyton Alex Smith plays the role of Damon Sims on All-American Homecoming. Let's step aside, take a small pause for the cause. This is Box to Row. We're back, joined by actor Alex Peyton Smith, who plays the role of Damon Sims on the show All-American Homecoming. And then Legacies is another CW show. I, I never, I, honestly, I never had a chance. I never watched it, but I mean. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us about that. How you because you were one of the main characters and you did that for several you did that for several seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we went to to Comic Con and uh that's when I realized how big it was. So it's uh it was a spin-off of um you ever heard of Vampire Diaries? Yes. So it's a spin-off of that. So when I got to the New York one, it was cool. But everybody kept telling me, oh, San Diego's crazy, San Diego's crazy. I was like, whatever, I've seen stuff before. I got to San Diego, look, I thought I was Prince. <laughs> the way they were screaming, I said, <laughs> I said it's just Peyton, man. Like, y'all gotta chill, but no, um, I played a, a werewolf on that show. So that was dope. And I remember like my first day going to, uh, to work, it was my, uh, I, I was casted last, so I was flying in from New York. And I didn't really know who I was playing. I saw Raphael. I started reading the script. It had Latin in it and Spanish. And I'm like, I hope they know I'm black. So I get to sit. <laughs> I get to sit. And they were like, oh, he's Puerto Rican. I take off my hat. And they was like, I said, yeah, my hair nappy. Like, <laughs> like I'm black. I, was like, I, don't, I don't speak Spanish, man. Um, and my first day, I had to turn into a werewolf. It was, it was crazy. But it was a fun experience. And, and I love everybody on that show. Shout out to Legacies. <laughs> No question, man. That's good. Your your career is continuing to blossom. Um, and then Detroit, you had a part in Detroit. I mean, I, is that the only movie you, you've done to this point? Uh, no. Um, actually, the first movie I did, I was a kid. I didn't really have, like, a huge part. But uh, Queen Latifah played my mom in Mad Money. Uh, then I had a small role and stuff like Long Shots and, um, oh, yeah. like, Carter High and, and some other things. But, yeah, uh, Detroit was probably the... I would say the biggest one so far. And then um, now I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but whatever, I already said it. Uh, I'm guest on kind of on uh, BMF, uh, in and out Oh, yeah, that's 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 cool. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, there's a, I'm going to talk about the connection there with, um, well, 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 really with 50, BMF and then um, uh, his ghost. But I, I'll talk with you a little bit more about um, a connection there. A couple more thoughts course with Peyton Alex Smith plays the role of Damon Sims All-American Homecoming on CW Mondays 9 p.m. 8 central what what do you remember most about your days at Florida A&M man some of it we can't say on the air you know <laughs> <laughs> but now um 
I just remember like being able to to be in a place where I could have fun, but I was still learning. Like I didn't even know that like I fell in love with history at, uh, at FAMU, you know, because I didn't I didn't really know our history like that. Just because like a lot of schools uh, like we're used to growing up didn't teach us anything about us. You know, we knew slavery happened, boom, and they move on. And so it was dope to uh, to see, you know, where we came from and like where we're going now. And so I kind of just fell in love with uh, with history. And I remember uh, being able to learn at the highest level and then also being able to turn up at the highest level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had some fun, man. <laughs> no, fam's dope, man. Like I've been to fam. But I remember the band, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I, like, shout out to your school, but come on. Marching 100. I mean, I, I what, what am what am I gonna say, right? Like, I, I mean, what, what am I gonna say, right? You, you know, know I mean? <laughs> when were you at Fam? Um, 2000. I got there in 2012. Okay. So, yeah, okay. yeah. So, good year. And then uh, I think I was there for for two years, um, and I had stopped acting for a while because I had been in some stuff when I was a kid. But I was just I was there, and I was like. Man, I gotta go chase my dreams. You know what I mean? Like I was there. My parents wanted me to go to college, but I didn't want to look back on my life and was like, "Damn, I could have been the dopest actor eight, uh, ever." You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be 80 years old looking back. Like I could have been the dopest actor ever and blaming my parents. I said, like, "That's a cop out." So I stood up in the middle of class and I told my professor and all my friends, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna mess with y'all. I'm gonna go to the airport." And I left everything I owned uh, at. Uh, this little rundown apartment in FAMU, uh, across from the CVS. If anybody knows FAMU, it's not it's not a nice place. But I left everything on there. Uh, went tried to play basketball in, uh, in Texas, and then after that, when I was like uh, I was homeless in New York, uh, I used to sleep at La, LaGuardia Airport, wow. um, reading my size, taking the M60 to the one train up to the Upper West Side to work with my coach on acting like 18 hours a day. And then, well, so that was like how I got the fam YouTube. Man, <laughs> no. that, is a, yeah. that is a great story. So now, wait a minute, did I read you on an episode or were part of Barney? <laughs> yeah, that came out of nowhere. So there wasn't like a lot of work in Dallas. I'm from Dallas, Texas, out of Triple D. Um, so there wasn't a lot of work out there. And um, that came about, and uh, and I went to the to the audition, and they booked me, and I was like, oh, for real? Because at the time I was a little, I was a little older, and they still casted me. And I can't I remember uh, coming off of that, and like the homies and stuff, and like trying to clown me. It was like talking all this, and then I showed them the check, and they was like, how I get on? How I get on there? And now, and now I guess it's some. Uh, it went viral because somebody did a voiceover uh, on it, so I get I get get it sent to me like every other month. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, especially now that you're- I guess that's a thing now. I didn't know people found that. Like, I don't even know how they found that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but you know how it is. As you come up, people start digging and kind of looking Man. for stuff. And that's what happens. Yeah, hey, look, tell them no dick too deep. Tell them stay, <laughs> stay where they Yeah, Yeah, because yeah, I can kind of tell, like you're, like Peyton Alex Smith is nothing like Damon Sims. Oh nah, <laughs> and this is this interview me. So like, if you get to know me in person, you know, let's be chilling. Yeah. You having fun? I, I stay out the way. Uh, and I like to eat good. We barbecue. I'm from Texas, so you know, be chilling. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Now, now, so there are some good things that. Well, there are some good things that come out of of Dallas. The DOC is one of them. The Dallas Cowboys yeah. isn't aren't one of them. Uh, are you uh, man. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Look, do I don't like know. That. I'm trying to see. I don't know if you can see that. See where that says Washington. That's Washington football commanders now, of course. Um, but you know, we we we're rivals like that. You know what? What did y'all do last year? I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, right, I mean, what can know. I say? I mean, we didn't do much of any. But what did y'all do ultimately last year? We had a great season. Man, you made the playoffs and that <laughs> we was it. a great regular season. <laughs> right. Now, thank all you. I remember all I remember is um my cousin was hype. He he tells me every year. He's one of those ones that like truly believes and he called me. He was like, This our year, man. This our year. 
and I and like I just remember him calling me after they lost, and he was like, "Man, I'm tired of shit, man. I'm tired. <laughs> I can't take no more." <laughs> so I don't I don't know what it is. Like we just playoffs ain't our thing. Maybe we need Romo back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe like, maybe before you all actually decided to. I, he still has some game left, right? And but I, I mean, I get it. And Dak's been all this, all this knowledge that he that he has now. I'm sorry, Romo, if you ever see this, like all this knowledge that you're talking about now, where you where you commentate, bro. Where was it? Where was it, bro? <laughs> no, on, man. Tony Romo was a good quarterback. Like he, he made was, a, he, he was a, he was balling. Yeah, Tony's a baller, like. Real ball that can play golf and basketball. I don't know why we got rid of Amari Cooper. I don't know what's going on. Like I'm, Jerry, if you see this, holler at me. Uh, <laughs> we're getting in contact with our people. Y'all can bring me on. <laughs> How's your game? How's your basketball game? Right My now. Right now. Right, right now. So I've been focused on baseball, but I'm known to be a hooper. If anybody knows me, I used to play for um an AAU team out there in Texas uh, for Darren Williams, who played for yeah. like the Nets and stuff, won an Olympic uh, gold medal. Like I played for his AAU team um, and stuff, and we was pretty nice. Like I'm, I'm solid. Like if, if there's some actors out there, if y'all see me in the All Star game, I'm dropping fifty. I don't care who it is, Chris Brown, Lil Dirk, all y'all. Like I'm, I'm dropping fifty <laughs> on y'all head. <laughs> That's good stuff. Hey, you know, but at least the Mavericks are solid. Mavericks are on the rise. Shout out Luca. You know, you know, uh, Dirk got a, a street named after him uh, in Dallas. Dirk is good in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Last, yeah. last two thoughts. Peyton Alex Smith joining us on the program. So look, I mean, a lot of times I talk about Howard and the alums from Howard that are, you know, are, are in the entertainment business. You mentioned Rob Hardy. Um, a little bit earlier, Will Packer, yourself, Angela mm -hmm. Robinson. You mentioned Anika Noni Rose. You know, as a matter of fact, Daniel Sanjata. I didn't real. I didn't realize he's a fam guy as part of um a, a power, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Roy Wood Jr. All of these people, man. Like, mm -hmm. talk about this fam. Fam, you alums well, are in the entertainment. Shout out. shout out my dog out there in New York right now, uh, Woody McClain, who's on uh on Ghost. Like that's. That's my boy, and we kind of like started like rising together, and just to see like his matriculation is like it's crazy. Um, I actually stayed in the same dorm as uh, as Common when he was there at Fam. So like, there's just there's a whole lineage not only at our HBCU but like at, at all of these HBCUs, and so it's just so dope. But you know, Fam has like a heritage, and so it's super cool to see all of these these people to come out of there. Um, yeah, we winning. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to shout out to the Rattlers. You know what it is. Like we we up now. Yeah, football <laughs> team made the FCS playoffs this year. Couldn't quite get oh, yeah. past Jackson. I mean, which is a it's early game, right? We're, First game of the season. But that's understandable. Yeah. yeah. Made they the playoffs ball. though. Hey, that's 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 all I want. When I was there, when I was there, I don't think we was too hot. <laughs> so I'm I'm happy with the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Last thought, what's next for you? I mean, you mentioned BMF, which is uh, which is dope, right? Like, what's next? Yeah. Man, yeah, I'm just going on a BMF. One of my friends is the showrunner. Shout out to, to Randy Huggins, who's working with 50. Uh, Tasha Smith had called me and was like, yo, are you in Atlanta? So I pulled up. They were like, come to set. I had no idea who I was playing. And then Lala ended up being my wife. And I was like, that ain't too bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but right now... Um, Man, just really getting ready for uh, for season two. I got some some things that I kind of want to do on the low, but uh, just some writing some projects as well. Uh, just working on my own stuff, but really just getting ready for for season two of All American Homecoming. You know, that takes up most of my time. Definitely have more episodes uh, this upcoming season, so just just preparing for that. Really, Peyton Alex Smith again plays the role of Damon Sims, All American Homecoming, nine p.m. eight central on the CW on Mondays. Um, and of course, he's a FAMU alum. He joins us here on the program. Peyton, appreciate the time, man. Continued success in all you do. For sure, man. I appreciate it. Hey, I love you, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Actor Peyton Allen Smith, Florida A&M head baseball coach, Jamie Shoup is up next. 
ESPNU Radio, right here on Sirius XM. What up, what up? Yo, 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 yo. Okay, KK. Let's continue here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. We're joined by a gentleman in his ninth season as the head baseball coach at Florida A&M. The Rattlers are hot. They've won eight straight games, a series sweep last weekend against Alabama State. First place on the line in the SWAC's Eastern Division. On the road this weekend against Jackson State in a three-game series, Jamie Shoup, the head baseball coach of the Rattlers, joins us here on the program. Coach Shoup, welcome back to Box to Row. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to be talking about family baseball. Wow, I tell you. I mean, this. first of all, even before we start with the Alabama State Series, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on the way your team is playing. You're in first place in the SWAC's Eastern Division, and an overall record of 25-23 and 23 with an eight-game winning streak. Yeah, we had a, uh, you know, if you'd have told me at this time of the year we'd be in first place, uh, the way we started SWAC play, um, you know, it had been hard to believe. We actually started at Alabama State to begin our SWAC season, the fifth weekend of the season, and got swept there, blown out the very first game, my first game as a head coach in the SWAC, and uh, I think we got beat 16 to nothing. Uh, And then you go fast forward. After that, we won 10 in a row, and then we played Jackson State, the team we're playing this weekend, and they put an end to our 10-game win streak. Now we come in, got regrouped again, and uh, on an eight-game win streak, and here's Jackson State again. So uh, I'm proud of my team. We played well uh, at Spurts. Uh, we're just a team, and I've, I've kind of defined us this way. If we play well, we can beat anybody. If we don't play well, we can get beat by anybody. So, And, you know, really such is the life in college baseball right now with so much parity and all. There's also parity in the SWAC play. But you look across the country, I mean, there, there are teams that, that look good one weekend, and then you ask what happened the next weekend. So there's a lot of parity in college baseball, and it affects the SWAC as well. No, it's an interesting dichotomy because you mentioned you, you got 25 wins on the season. 18 of those wins are defined by two winning streaks, 10 games and eight games. So to your point, that that you know that in of itself sort of speaks to what you're talking about. Yeah, we uh, we haven't played well midweek games. Uh, we've only won one midweek at a conference game. Now you know that's kind of again that's kind of a, a, a of uh, just a kind of a definition of what we are. Um, it's tough for midweeks because we have to save everything uh, for, you know, the, the weekend series because that's what matters for us in terms of, you know, not only in the SWAC tournament but getting to a regional tournament. Uh, we'll have a guy out there that's throwing real well in a midweek game and we have to pull him because he needs to be available for the, for the weekend series as well. So, uh, you know, it's a uh, – we, we started the season pretty well. We actually started against SWAC competition, even though it wasn't in our division. Uh, we played um, we played in the Andre Dawson Classic to begin the season in New Orleans, named after Hall of Famer and FAMU great Andre Dawson, obviously, um, and did well. We're, we're two and one there, and then went and played a midweek game, got blown out both the two midweek games against Mercer, who has a very good team, and then went to Atlanta to play another whack opponent in Grambling and uh, in the Braves double-A facility um, just north of Atlanta and um, won that series. Oh, actually swept that series. So, uh, you know, if you add it all up, uh, we were 18, what is that, 18 and 5, 23 and 7 overall in terms of all the swag. So we played well in conference is my point. And uh, hopefully we can continue that. Nothing's set. We are currently in first place, but nothing is set. We've got, you know, Alabama State sits in second place. We've got a 3-3 three and three record with them. Actually, if you count the game we played in the Andre Dawson Classic where they beat us, we're 3-4 and four against Alabama State. So um, we are, you know, 3-3 three and three against them. They have the two teams that probably aren't going to make the SWAC tournament yet to play and we have Jackson State and then Bethune to end the season which is you know Bethune's currently ranked third 
in the SWAC, and they are our rivalry. So we've got two two big weekends coming up, including this one against against Jackson State. Jamie Shoup in his ninth season as the head baseball coach at Florida A&M joins us here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's that's a good point. What, what's what was the difference when you're talking about Alabama State again? They took the first series from you, three games. You mentioned the early game, so that was four in a row. But you really came back last weekend and had their number. And really, I mean, you know, maybe maybe you know you had a seven to five game, but the other two games weren't really that close. What was the difference this time around? You know, the the difference is when you're a a, a low income school where you know we don't we're not. We don't have all our scholarships right now. Um, depth is an issue always. It's the same, you know, no matter where you go in, in, in you know, HBCU baseball and in, in SWAC baseball, uh, MEAC baseball, it doesn't really matter. So injuries play into it. When we started the season at Alabama State, we were kind of beat up injury-wise. Um, we have yet to be uh, at full strength this entire season. I don't have the lineup, won't have it this weekend that I thought we would have to begin the season. We have not played one single game where we had the lineup that I thought that we would have uh, on the field because of injuries. Uh, so when we played Alabama State the first time at Alabama State, which also has a bearing on the, you know, the results, uh, we we didn't we didn't have we had a couple of guys out when they came in at our place this past weekend. Other than one guy that we don't have in our lineup, we were pretty close to full strength, and they were just the opposite. They had two or three guys out of their starting lineup. So injuries play into it. I think it did both when we were at Alabama State, and I know it did uh, when they came in and played this weekend. They were, as I said, missing a couple of guys, key guys for them, including their catcher. Uh, And as you know, everything kind of centers around the catcher. so yeah, it's kind of the tell of two weekends basically, and and injury played a big part in both those weekends. Personnel, I mean, we we could talk about any number of players, you know, uh, Ty Hanchi, uh, but Joseph Perini. I mean, this is a guy, you know, that has sixty-two, and I'm not sure I hadn't looked at the SWAC numbers, but I mean, sixty-two hits—that's a lot of hits. He's got four home runs. He's driven in thirty. He's got a slugging percentage of five hundred. You know, talk about his play. And the way your offense has been playing, particularly as of late, Joe's probably been our most consistent hitter. Uh, he has gone into a little bit of slump against Alabama State, uh, which was surprising to us because, as a switch hitter and as a guy that's a contact guy, you know, he usually plays good every single weekend. And we've kind of we've kind of been spoiled by him and the way he swung the bat this weekend. Uh, he's our second hole hitter. He's our second baseman. And as I said, he's been very consistent, just a sophomore, true sophomore. Uh, so he's had a big season for us. Uh, you mentioned Hanchi. Hanchi uh, is not playing, hasn't played, broke his hand, had surgery. Uh, hopefully, we'll ha- hopefully we'll get him back for next weekend against Bethune-Cookman. If not, then maybe the tournament, but it's going to be close. Uh, if we get him back, we will, for the first time all season, be at full strength although his best position is catching and I don't think with his injury he'll be able to catch although we'll have him as a DH so we'll be close to full strength for the first time all season uh injury Weber who leads our team in hitting actually I think he's hitting like 390 and led our team in uh, if we were in the MEAC last year led our team in conference hitting last year and in overall hitting the year before that so one of our most consistent hitters has not played but what had 50 at-bats, I think, this season. He tore his hamstring the second game of the season in the Andre Dawson Classic, and we just got him back DH in a few days ago. He has yet to play the field. So uh, he is uh, he's back now, and we're ready to put him in the field when Hanchi gets back and use Hanchi as a DH. You know, you put him in the lineup along with uh, Joe Perini that you talked about. You put Weber and Hanchi. You got Raul, who's hitting over 300. You got L.J. Bryant, who's not hitting over 300, but is one of our best hitters, one of our best power hitters as well. And then you got Ethan Jenkins, who's having a pretty big year, uh, hit four home runs, consecutive home runs, uh, through over three uh, over two games at Mississippi Valley. 
Uh, and it's a good lineup. And, again, it's the lineup we thought we'd have to start the season, but we have yet to see that lineup. I've yet to fill out that lineup to start a game uh, and start a series this season. So hopefully next weekend, if not, maybe the tournament will be at full strength. But injuries do play into it. That's part of college baseball. And, you know, if uh, if you expect to go through a college season in any at any level and things to all go your way, then you probably need to find another job because, that is not what college baseball is going to happen. That's not going to happen in any any baseball, especially college baseball. Jamie Shoup, the head baseball coach at Florida A&M, joins us here on the program, ninth season as the head coach at Florida A&M. When Florida A&M was in the MEAC, won a couple of MEAC tournament championships, 2015-2019. Hunter, I hope I'm saying his last name right, Veets. So, I mean, if I look at the numbers, I mean, his numbers are fantastic. He's under uh, ERA, under threes at 299, an 8-3 record. You know, seems to have pitched well. He's got a couple of games where he's had double-digit strikeouts. How good is this young man? He's good. The numbers don't lie for him. He's a transfer that came in for University of Auburn at Montgomery. Uh, got him in the transfer portal, uh, which is something new to college baseball. Um but, yeah, he is as good as the numbers indicate. You did a good job with your homework. You pronounced his name right. Very few people do. Hunter V. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Him and a guy named D.J. Wilkinson. We'll get Hunter back next year if the draft doesn't. You know, they don't call his name in the draft. But we got another transfer uh, by the name of uh, D.J. Wilkinson, who's our number two in our rotation behind V. And both of them have done great on the field. Uh, the numbers for V are incredible. And, as I said, they are you know, sometimes numbers can be can be blown up a little bit, and you get a guy looking from a numbers perspective, perspective better than he does actually in the field. But that's not the case with Hunter. Uh, he's thrown well all season long. But the thing about him and the thing about DJ, they've been so good from a camaraderie standpoint. Uh, you know, they've really helped our team off the field, which I think helps our team on the field. They're all team guys. Uh, they get along well with everybody. They kind of bring everybody together. Uh, DJ is a, a fifth-year senior that doesn't have, an, doesn't have any years of eligibility left. Hunter, as I said, has one year of eligibility left. But they're older guys, and they've come in, and they've kind of, they've kind of brought everybody together uh, along with some of They fit in well. You know, every time I look around, they're involving the freshmen, the younger guys, and what they're doing. And, you know, that's that key to, to have a team that's close and I feel like this is our closest team. Uh, these guys hang together off the field. Uh, they get along so well. They help each other out, you know, when it comes to study hall and other things. So I think a lot of that is being seen on the field. I mean, they play, you know, they hang out together. They play together. They eat together. They, they do a lot together. And I think it helps us once we get on the field that we're just a little closer than some of the past teams we have. And I think Hunter Veets and, Again, D.J. Wilkinson, our one-two in our rotation, both transfers in have had a lot to do with that. Jamie Shoup in his ninth season as the head baseball coach at Florida A&M joins us here on the program. The Rattlers have a big weekend series on the road at Jackson State looking to hold on to first place in the SWAC's Eastern Division with still plenty of baseball remaining. Coach Shoup, Appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Rattlers. Yes, sir. We appreciate you having us on. Thank you. I've got to run. Thank you to Alex Peyton Smith. Thank you to Jamie Shoup for joining us today on Box to Row. For more information on Box to Row, you can log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support Yo Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM is produced by DW Communications.